Welcome to Box Talk, a podcast for affiliates and coaches, powered by Box Pro Magazine. Welcome to this episode of Box Talk. I am here, as always, with a very special guest. Sir, can you please introduce yourself? Hello, everybody. My name is Clay Ferrer, the founder and CEO of Rig Equipment Finance. Clay Ferrer. I feel like that would be like a movie star name or something, you know? It just sounds like Clay Ferrer. Do you ever get that from anybody? Uh, maybe in a different life, but but <laughs> certainly not in this one. <laughs> yeah, I guess when you're like, you're the finance guy, and people are like, well, that's not really a movie star. So it's fine. I'm sure you are a movie star in some people's hearts. Um, awesome, Clay. Well, I always love to start out with the story about how you got to be where you are today, how you got into this industry and and founding recruitment finance. Uh, let's start there. Let's hear your story. Yeah, perfect, Heather. So, you know, at, at, to keep it short and sweet, because of half of it anyways is going to be massively boring for 99% of the audience. Um, but but recruitment finance, it, it really sits at the intersection of, you know, personal passion and then professional background for me. Um, to touch on the boring side first. So prior to uh, leaving my former job to start recruitment finance, uh, I was in financial services focused investment banking. So long-winded way of saying we helped companies buy and sell each other um, and or raise money. Uh, All of those companies typically lent money against some form of collateral or cash flow. So very similar to the business model that, you know, effectively we have at at recruitment finance. Um, But for everything from mortgages to student loans, auto loans, credit card debt, et cetera. Uh, so that was the, the professional side of things that gave me at least uh, what I thought at the time was enough of an understanding anyways to, to try and branch out and start it on my own. And, and as I you know, always have had a, a, a more of an entrepreneurial type drive, uh, it was just kind of finding the right time to, to really you know, capitalize on the, the circumstances and opportunities that would allow me to, to pursue that. And, and at that point in my life, and this is, you know, kind of like 2010, 11 timeframe, uh, CrossFit was a, a growing passion of mine. I was, you know, lucky enough to be one of the, the first 10 members at a, at a new box in Arlington, Virginia, Boston CrossFit. Um, that, you know, was my first introduction other than, uh, the, the, st- the, the funny story of seeing a marathon of one of the early CrossFit games, um, the first time they were at StubHub on literally on January 1st, like no better, I think, you know, marketing ploy from, from CrossFit than to have aired that series because the very next day with that already in mind, I happened to get the flyer on my windshield of my car, literally. It's like you can't make this stuff up. Um, Wow. Yeah, that there was a, a new box opening up, you know, a month or two down the road, signed up for the very first foundations class. And, you know, fast forward a, a year later, I was I was increasingly more passionate, started, uh, you know, going through the coach training internship type program um, that ultimately led me to learning a little bit more about the business side of, of the CrossFit industry, uh, which also happened to be at the same time that I was, you know, ready to, to move on from my, my prior life. Um, and ultimately find myself, you know, where I am today. Wow. Oh, my goodness. I I love that you saw the marathon and then the next day you had a flyer on your car. Like, what more of a coincidence is that? That's absolutely incredible. It's, you know, I'm, it's funny, Heather, because, like, I'm, I'm, a, I'm a firm believer, like, you know, things happen for a reason. Like, you know, maybe not apparent, you know, at the time and in the, in the moment. 
but uh, it was it was really one of those those fate type things. And you know, from from there, it was okay. There's this massive need. You know, a there's no one out there that's providing the service, and and certainly no one that's doing it well or or doing it in a in a form that's you know not not in a way that's not taking advantage of people that don't otherwise understand what is, you know, a, it can be a, a very confusing and, and complex or convoluted type uh, subject. And, and that, that leaves people open to being taken advantage of. So uh, really the, the, the kind of perfect storm of circumstances that, that led to this, um, you know, to getting us to where we are now. Wow. Yeah. So, so you found CrossFit, you saw this need, you were ready to move on. How did you get where you are today? So, um, well, again, it's, it's kind of a, another funny circumstances of events. So, uh, you know, as I was, you know, becoming more involved with the coaching, and the business side of things, uh, close friend, that's actually an L1 staff member. We happened to be, uh, running to each other out at the CrossFit games. And at that point, you know, I had, I guess this was 2012 games, maybe 2013 games, um, I had formed, uh, you know, the the legal entity and a Facebook page and a website, and we literally had shirts, you know, my my wife, Chelsea, and my my younger brother Nolan. Um, we had screen printed some shirts, like literally one of the most. It's it's comical looking back on it, um, but we had these shirts screen printed, and we flew out. There was really no plan other than we're going to wear our shirts, right, and walk around and you know see if we can strike up some conversations, and so. Uh, while out there, ran into my, my good friend Sarah Mills, who's um, you know on CrossFit Center staff now. Uh, but at that point, she was just you know another member of the the coaching team at at Bolson CrossFit at the time. Uh, she started to saw the shirt and was like, "Oh, I think I just like that online and on Facebook." I was like, "Oh, great, okay, something's working." Um, and then separately, she actually had. One of her, um, you know, training partners and, and friends that is now uh, an ultimate, you know, co-founder, business partner, uh, Joe Cormier, who I didn't know at all at the time, he happened to see that she liked the page and in turn stroked up a conversation because he had had a, a similar conversation with a box owner back in Buffalo where he's from uh, that effectively was having trouble going through the SBA process and said, hey, you know, you're a finance guy, like, help me out. Um, what, what do I do here? And so he kind of had this bubbling idea of there's a need. Meanwhile, I've, I've got the same idea just, you know, uh, in a position right where I was kind of already starting to move forward with it via the Sarah's Facebook like, you know, or like of the page. We get connected, fast friendship, and, and, and the rest is history. So by, you know, September of 2013, we were starting to really accelerate, you know, raising money around this idea. Um, it's one of those deals where it's a very capital intensive business, obviously, right? To, to lend money to others, you have to have money to lend. And to get money in order to lend, you have to have a track record of lending money. So there's this kind of constant chicken and egg, particularly <laughs> yeah. early on. Um, and so it, it, it took us a little while to really take the next steps to, to have the confidence to really start to, to broadcast the name out there on a more widespread basis. Cause at the time, right, our biggest fear was, okay, we're going to be this, you know, this dedicated financing source to 
you know, the, the CrossFit or, or, you know, broader functional fitness market. And what happens if we start to put it out there and everyone shows up and we don't have the money to lend. Uh, so we, you know, had to, had to play this game, right. Had to, had to have this dance for, for a number of months until, you know, the pieces started to align themselves and we took the leap to go ahead and, and, and make that next step and, and really try and get it out there. And ever since it's been, you know, just kind of this slowly growing snowball, uh, feels like fast at times and then slow at others. But yeah, it's, it's, I think, probably a familiar feeling for, for most people that are starting their first business or starting up a business for the, you know, on their own. Yeah, I and, you know, I, I know, like I said before we started the show, I know very little about financing. And I guess I never even had thought about you guys need to build assets and money to be able to loan it out to people. <laughs> so didn't even think about that, about, oh, how does that start and where does that come from? Like, it has to come from somewhere. So that is fascinating. Like, I had no idea. So, Clay, give me a little bit more detail about what exactly it is you guys do. Uh, I have no idea exactly. All I know is that you lend people money, but I'm sure it's more than that. So what is it you guys do exactly? <laughs> that, is that is certainly the headline. You hit the nail on the head there. Um, right. So in I guess a quick synopsis of it. So we, we do lend money. Um, we provide two primary products, right, for, for affiliate owners and, and, and gym owners out there. Uh, the first of those effectively functions like a, a, a rent-to-own or lease-to-own for equipment. So we've partnered with the likes of, you know, Rogue and all the, the major equipment vendors to the industry. Um, we actually purchase the equipment um, on behalf of the customer, right? They come up with the list, you know, whether that's to get started, right, to expand, et cetera. Um, we'll make the payment, equipment gets shipped to them for their use, and then once they've made their final lease payment, they own it outright thereafter. Uh, the other piece that kind of goes part and parcel with that is we also offer a more traditional term loan product, which would function, or I guess the best way to describe it is kind of like your, your classic bank loan, just not from a bank, uh, from, a, from a non-bank entity like us. Um, and that is going to be used predominantly for... Uh, facilities renovations, you know, build outs, expansions, right, renovations. Um, and then more recently or over the course of the last couple of years, also being used for businesses that are buying and selling. Uh, so, you know, we've had a, a number of owners that have come to us that are looking to sell their box or looking to buy a box, but, you know, are not in the to be able to do so. So we've been able to, uh, you know, provide a lot of assistance to help consummate some of those transactions. Interesting. I know you guys did that as well. That's fascinating. Okay, so, all right, so that's good. That gives me a good brief synopsis. I understand. I'm thinking our audience understands. So, Clay, why is financing an important topic for affiliates to know about and, and talk about? Because I'm sure some people are like, I don't know, financing to them might be a dirty word or a word that they don't want to, you know, even touch. But why is it maybe a topic that needs to be broached a bit more, especially within this industry? Yeah, so I, th I think that's actually really a great lead into the fact that it it, it is oftentimes thought of as a dirty word, um, and I think you know, self-servingly, right? Obviously, but very much so mischaracterized, right? Like, you know, eighty percent of all businesses in the United States use some form of you know lease financing, and an even higher percentage use some form of debt financing, you know, in in in, in all forms and fashions. Uh, so. Yes, there are certainly companies out there, and I kind of alluded to this at the beginning, that have taken advantage of you know potentially people's you know ignorance or or lack of knowledge around the subject, 
and that did at least you know for we experienced it firsthand right you you're you're the dirty word right you are the guy that is somehow trying to to take advantage and and, and screw me over right in this process um but that's also why it's so important to work with someone that actually understands you know not only your business but the product that they're offering um so there's also a lot of brokers out there uh that don't hold on to you know what we call the paper after the transaction so they'll originate it and sell it off um or just play kind of middleman so they don't have any vested interest in you uh which is different from us so we actually maintain the relationship we own and hold the transaction throughout its life um so when we approach a financing deal right it's really a, a long-term partnership for us uh and i think a, a byproduct of that initial hesitation by a lot of people you know i think a lot of times born out of a, a lack of understanding is you know people will be very quick to say you know you you shouldn't take on any debt right it's risky and, and in some circumstances that's that's going to be the case right um but there are certainly a lot of times uh when you can use it to your advantage right and that's you know to to help accelerate growth right to get from point a to point b faster um, to help conserve your budget, to dedicate funds that you might take and deploy into, you know, a large equipment order. You know, if you can, A, keep that for a rainy day. You know, bad things happen in, in life, and it's always good to have some some cash in reserve. Um, that could a lot of times be the difference between staying open or closing. Um, you can devote that towards a marketing budget, right, paying or de developing additional coaches, um, so a number of reasons just within the core, but your core business that, that it would be advantageous to convert, right. A large upfront purchase into, you know, a stream of payments that a, you can better predict, um, and manage your cash flow from a budgeting perspective. Um, but also again, allows you to have the resources to devote those funds elsewhere. Hmm. Okay. So there sounds like there's a lot to learn within the world of financing and Besides listening to this episode of the podcast, so you guys are doing something right if you're listening to this, what other maybe education or resources can you recommend owners going out and, and finding between, I don't know if there are books, seminars, people they can talk to, uh, anything that you can uh, recommend that they go to for education for on the world of finance and what it could do for their business? Yeah, well, I will. I will first recommend us um, simply because we'll be we'll, we'll we'll be the first people to tell you. Um, if there's a better alternative out there for you, that that you should go pursue that. Um, and so, actually, the vast majority of conversations, you know, that that we've had over the the course of the last five years, um, are simply around educating people. We've spent a ton of time, you know, helping, right? Just helping people build out financial projections for their own business, um, because that might allow them to then solicit a bank loan, right? That can be a very difficult thing, but at the end of the day, that's going to be nine times out of 10 anyways, a, a more cost-effective solution for them. Granted, it might take a year to actually get it done and, you know, require like you know, your firstborn child and your right arm, but, you know, it's uh, it, it, it can be a very, you know, beneficial solution for people. So, you know, for anyone that's out there that is curious about this, you know, you are more than welcome to give us a call. We will give you a very unbiased opinion um, and recommendations. If our service is the best for you know your situation, we obviously would love to, to have the opportunity to work with people, um, but we are not shy of recommending you know other alternatives to the extent they're available. 
And then actually, well, before I lose this train of thought, I did mention that, you know, we spent a lot of time helping people build out, uh, you know, budgets and financial projections for their business. It's, you know, I, I would say our underwriting process, which is effectively the, the finance equivalent of, you know, the evaluation that happens in terms of the lender's decision to extend credit. Um, our process feels a lot more consultative, I would say, than, than uh, critical of the business. So what we do is, again, we'll put out this set of financial projections. That's always been a very, you know, labor-intensive piece for us um, because we, we take a lot of care to really understand how exactly you run your business. Do you do you bring people in for a one-on-one consult and then move them through a, a group foundations class or do they join right into classes? You know, do you have multiple price points, different programs at various different offerings? You know, how do you compensate your coaching staff? You know, does your rent escalate over time? And so there's literally thousands of different variables for every single, you know, gym owner that we work with. Um, and what we have actually built in our, our launching this month, totally free for anyone that's out there is a service or not a service. It's a, it's a website, self-serve website called fitprofitplanner.com. That's fitprofitplanner.com. Uh, I, I'm so excited about it because it's something that we have literally poured our hearts into building um, because we want to put that, you know, that power into the hands of gym owners out there. So uh, you can actually, guys, you can go to the site now, enter your email address. You will be added to the list to get the first notification as soon as it's ready to go. Um, and something we're super excited about because I think that to allow owners to have the ability to more accurately forecast the future of their business, what happens if they want to increase their pricing or, or what happens if membership grows faster or slower, it's going to put them in a more educated position to be able to make the decisions that are so critical to their ultimate success, right? A lot of times, you know, we're running situations where people are trying to determine, you know, should I expand? Should I open a second location? But they can't, you know, at least accurately kind of quantify what the implications of doing so, you know, or if, of doing so successfully versus not. Um, so at a minimum, you start to at least develop um, a range, right? What is what is my downside? What is my upside? And in turn, what does that look like for me as as the business owner? And so a lot of a million different things you can use it for. Uh, so we're super excited about it. Sorry for the plug, Heather, but I think it's something that, again, totally free, no obligation for people out there. So I would uh, highly recommend you guys getting signed up for that. Hey, if it's a tool that education empowers our industry... I mean, I can't be mad about it. So come on, guys, get on it. But um, I know, Clay, that, gosh, you've talked about so much. I feel like you know so much about all of this. And I know you've been in this industry for five years. And I'd love to kind of pick your brain about uh, the things you've seen over the years um, till now. And I know, like, one of the things that I really wanted to ask you was, what are some of the biggest mistakes that you see box owners may make in this realm of, of things, you know, um, what mistakes in terms of financing, how can they avoid these mistakes? Um, I know you've just had so much experience and talked to so many people that I'd love to kind of pick your brain in that area. Yeah, absolutely. So I would say probably one of the, the biggest mistakes we see on a, literally on a routine basis is underestimating the true cost of, of opening their gym or of expanding of, of really any capital intensive project, it's it's going to take more, not only financial resources than you're expecting, it's gonna take more time and more people resources. So 
Um, the best thing I can say is, as you're thinking through that kind of process, right, um, always project more conservative growth, because if you do better than your downside scenario, everyone wins. Um, and make sure you're really thinking through what all the expenses of your business are, right? And the owners that are, are in the midst of this now will know, right, you do more than pay a rent check, pay your insurance, and pay for Zen Planner or Wattify on a monthly basis, right? Um, there are a lot of other expenses that go into a business. So, you know, be conservative, not only in what it costs to run your business, but be conservative in your estimates for how it will grow over time, right? The days of if you build it, they will come or gone. Um, I would say at least for the vast majority of people out there. Uh, so, so build in, you know, and, and this is probably to, to transition to point number two, uh, would be start to build in a more significant marketing budget um, and, and be more sophisticated in, in the way you're doing that because people have options and you may very well be the best option, right? You, you likely are, particularly if you're the only frosted box in town for them. Uh, you're definitely for, you know, the best option. <laughs> yeah, exactly, right? Um, but, but people don't know that, right? Or they don't know how good of a coach you are, right? Or how awesome your programming is until they get in front of you, right? Until they're inside your doors. So, um, you know, be more sophisticated with how you think about the marketing and, and, and it's a dirty word, almost as bad as financing is, right? But the sales process, um, invest in that, right? Invest in your coaches or in a, in, in yourself, in a team of people, um, they can help you learn how to sell your product. You have the best product in the world, right? It literally helps change people's lives for the better. It is something that everyone needs, right? Health and wellness, improved quality of life over a longer period of time. It, it should sell itself, right? But it doesn't. So, so learn how to do it. And to that point, right, point number three would be approach this, right, like a business. Uh, um, there was a period, right, for sure, where we saw a lot of what I'll call hobby gyms. Uh, people that were doing it, you know, were trying to do it on the side, you know, well, and hey, I'm not downplaying, right, or, or criticizing that at all. Um, if, if you're doing that and making it work, that that's awesome. But for the vast majority of owners out there, you need to approach this like it's a business. And, you know, you will not only be able to provide a better service when you do so, um, but you're going to be more prepared to do it. So have systems in place, right? Develop the processes that will allow you to provide that service and then provide it to more and more people, right? You, you as a single person, are not scalable. Um, you need to make yourself replaceable, right, is, is uh, another way of saying it. Um, and God forbid, right, something were to happen to you for the benefit of your community, right, and your members, it would be great for them to be able to continue to have a place to go, you know, to and en enjoy what they do on a daily basis. So um, build in the system, the processes, run it like a business. And if you don't know how to do that, there are a number of awesome resources out there. Box Pro Magazine is obviously one that, you know, we would highly recommend. I mean, um, I'm a fan of it. it. Definitely a fan <laughs> of Box Pro. I'm a little biased, but I think they're pretty great. No, rightfully so, right? You guys put out a ton of great content. Um, there's a number of awesome business mentors out there right now. Uh, 
you, if you're on the affiliate owners page, you probably see that debated, you know, or, or recommended as much as you do to write different types of software. Uh, so I encourage you, right, reach out to all of them, figure out what's the best fit for you, um, because that's going to be a little bit different for everybody. It will help you. It is worth the investment in learning how to be a better business owner, right? You invest in developing yourself as a coach. You need to invest in developing yourself as a business owner as well. Yes, I can't agree more about that, especially I know you mentioned that build it, they will come. That's that's gone for 99% of the affiliates out there unless you're in a little town and it's just you and then they probably will just come. But I think building and growing in that knowledge and that business acumen and, and marketing and sales and all of those things, I think that is so vital, Clay. So I'm glad you brought that up. I, it's a theme. Everyone I talk to, it's a, it's a big theme about okay, guys, it's not a hobby anymore. It has to be a profession. You have to treat it like a profession. And, and I mean, I've, we've, we've talked to you know, like over 1,200 different gym owners, like real tangible, like looked at their books type, you know, at least two-thirds of that amount of like, like done significant analytics around their, their, their books to the extent they even have them, right? I mean, that's another thing, you know, like, like you need to, again, take care of your expenses, right? Be mindful of where your money's going so you have an idea on that. Uh, so we've seen the gamut, right? And, and we've seen, in my mind, what it takes to be a successful, a successful box owner, right? Or, and, and to build a successful affiliate. So uh, we've seen it. A lot of people out there have helped others accomplish that goal. So find someone that can help you if you're struggling. Um, again, you have the best product in the world. You just need to find the right way to capitalize on it. Yeah, and on kind of off of that, Clay, I know you said you've seen a lot of success. You've seen what it takes. Could you maybe highlight a few things that you've seen across the board in successful affiliates that you've worked with, talked to, that you've seen repeated and, and come up again and again? Yeah, so, uh, I mean, I, th I think the – probably to a certain extent is going to piggyback on some of the, the, the recommendations for experiences, but, but have a formalized program for, for developing training your coaches – um, again, you, you, even if you want to coach every single class that is not sustainable in the long term. um, you need to have people that can provide as quality of a service as you can, and you need to have the confidence that you can step away and they're still going to, uh, continue to deliver that product again, the, the, the same level and with the same care that you would. So in, in invest in developing your coaches would, you know, I'd say first and foremost, um, in terms of recommendations for, for people out there. That's it's the face of your product, so do that. Um, that as well as, you know, web presence. Again, the, the vast majority of people are not walking by, um, particularly, you know, light industrial warehouse space, uh, which I think there's a big majority of people out there that are still in that, which is, again, nothing wrong with that, right? That's going to be the vast majority of our customers, uh, but those are not foot traffic areas. So most people's first impression of your business is going to be through your web presence, right? And whether that's your website or your Facebook page, right? Invest in having that done professionally um, when it comes to your Facebook page, right? Just look into your membership base, right? Or, or find, you know, someone that, that will come and take professional quality photographs, right? Or, or there's plenty of tricks out there where you can convert your iPhone, add some little, you know, lenses, right? Um, but but you want to have your online presence 
uh, ideally right, be as professional as possible. Yeah. No, totally agree. I mean, that's kind of your face. That's your name that a lot of people are going to see first. So you clean that up and have it look nice and, and drop people and if in. And out there thinking, hey, I don't have the money for that. I don't have the money to invest in my coaches. Hey, I know a guy. Uh, <laughs> I know a guy too. <laughs> but B, right, that's kind of getting back to where we started on this is, you know, that's as you think through your budgeting process, right? And a lot of times it's going to come down to, you know, where you're allocating your money early on, right? Money, you know, it's... It's abundant, right, in terms of the world, but it is scarce, right, at a granular level in terms of what you have to deploy, particularly early on in your business. And, and you know, again, not selling financing because it's as a as a, a end-all, be-all for solving problems, you know, because it's a double-edged sword, right? It can be very beneficial. Um, but if misused or abused, right, it, like anything in, in life, it can come back to haunt you. Uh, so, so, so do it prudently. If you're going to pursue it, find someone to talk to that understands both your business as well as the financing side. Um, and, and think about always holding on to more cash in reserve than, than you might need. And that's you know i think it's just so so critical for people to to understand that yeah and i think just as the industry has evolved from uh passionate hobbyists who have said oh you know i don't need to worry about the money it's fine we'll you know get whatever comes to now being this is a business and guess what you need money to function like even though we might not always like to talk about it um paying coaches and all of that like money is a necessity and having enough money is even more of a necessity. So it's it's definitely something that affiliates really need to be aware of and like you said, budget for. Yeah, it's it's not about the money in, until it's about the money, right? When when you need to make rent next month, right? Then it's about the money. Um, and that ha- that's both sides of the coin. Uh, you know, it'll help you grow the top line, right? Grow your revenue um, to bring more cash into into your business to allow you to deploy it elsewhere. Yeah, no, for sure. And yep, like you said, when it's about the money, it's about the money and no one can think of anything else. So, and Clay, I'm kind of curious when, when you start talking to affiliates maybe for, for the first time, what are some of the common questions they get when it comes to financing and, and money and, you know, like, who are you and why do you want me to pay you stuff and da, 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 da. But what are some of the common questions you get and, and things that owners really need to know about this topic? I think most people um, are are really concerned, like, yeah, obviously right off the bat, it's what does it take to qualify? Will I qualify? Um, Or they might have a preconceived notion that because they've, you know, had an issue, right, maybe personally in the past or as they were growing their business, you know, they had to rely on personal resources or or run up credit cards, you know, in order to get to a certain place. You know, now they have a healthy operating business, but, you know, maybe it's not at that three-year threshold or that five-year threshold that is a, you know, kind of, important but arbitrary milestone for a lot of traditional lending sources out there. Um, so they, they have a business that's not quite there on, on paper in terms of having the track record that most lenders would look for. And then personally, they've made sacrifices on their personal credit history in order to even get it there. So they're kind of stuck in between a rock and a hard place. Um, but my I guess the long-winded way of saying, don't be scared of that. You should at least write try and have a conversation uh you may very well qualify at a lot 
of you know at, at a number of different places that you might not have expected. Uh, so don't go out there and just apply for a million different things, right? But but be educated. Have a few different options that you think are good for you, um, and then as you start to think about moving forward, you know the other question is, well, what do I need to have prepared? Um, make sure you're filing your business taxes, right? Uh, as well as your personal taxes, little PSA for, for a lot of owners out there. Um, file your taxes. Every lender out there is gonna look for tax returns. Um, people are gonna typically look for three to six months worth of bank statements um, that may be at the business and the personal level, depending on where you are in your life cycle. Uh, lenders that understand your business, so probably gonna look for you know reports from your membership management software. These are all things that you know, someone else is looking at it to evaluate your business. So uh, again, probably a good recommendation to be taking the time yourself to look and understand all these things because you'll be better suited to, um, you know, run your business and understand what's working and what's not. Um, yeah, I think those. The, I mean, those are going to be the, the key things to hold on to in terms of what you would need to go through an application process. Uh, other things I would say just to, to the questions, right, good questions to be asking, um, not necessarily always ones we get or not, uh, are is there any sort of obligation at the end of this, you know, is, is and I think that's, you know, there are there's some other lenders out there that have, you know, scams the wrong word because everything's out there in writing, it's just take the time to, to read through what it is you're agreeing to, but make sure there's not some, you know, you've, you've leased your equipment for three years or five years time. And then they want you to, you know, pay for it at over again at the very end, right? Or, or pay, you know, some some big balloon payment at the end. Uh, make sure you understand, right, how your payments change over time, what the implications are if you're not paying, et cetera. Uh, so take the time to read the fine print um, in all cases, right? Or, or hire a lawyer or hire, find a friend, right, who can help you understand that stuff if you don't yourself. That's a good question to ask. I like it. Cool. Um, Clay, I'm kind of curious. Do you, what would you say is like your average client? Like, is it typically like younger affiliates or older affiliates? What are you kind of seeing in that trend? So I'd say early, early on. So in the call it the, you know, 2012 to 2014 timeframe, uh, it was very much a, a, a near even split of existing versus you know, new affiliates. In the more recent period, we're seeing a lot more existing affiliates, you know, people that are ready to take that next step. Um, you know, I'd say that the typical growth plan or, you know, by design or otherwise, you know, early on as this industry has evolved was, you know, taking small steps from 500 square foot to 1,000 square foot to 1,500 square foot to 2,000 square foot and you're moving and uprooting your community every, you know, six or 12 months. We're getting to the point now where it's matured enough where we're starting to see people, um, you know, a more existing than new at this point, uh, and people that are getting ready to take significant steps. So instead of that, you know, small incremental jumps, which again, nothing wrong with that, but people that have built businesses that can sustain, you know, and are and are are, are built to expand and scale to a larger, uh, you know, larger footprint. So uh, definitely seen a lot more of that now than we had in the past, as well as I touched on earlier, a lot more transactions of businesses at the business level. Uh, people that are, you know, so in some extent uh, are ready to, to exit, you know, 
for, for whatever reason, right? It happens in a lot of different forms. Um, and, and then there's kind of the next wave, right, that are of coaches that are looking to buy their, you know, buy a business they've been working for that the owner's ready to move on. Uh, so we're seeing a, a, a growing number of, um, you know, transaction-oriented uh, requests anyways for financing. Okay. So if people are looking to sell, will they come to you and be like, hey, we're looking to sell. Can you find us a buyer? Yeah, absolutely. Okay. And so, so we've done, you know, probably a, a dozen so dozen or so of those over the last, uh, you know, 18 to 24 months. Um, so we that's a process we're very familiar with. It's, you know, we, we look at the business from the perspective of is it able, able to meet its needs and are the people that are, you know, running and operating it qualified to do so, right? Do they, you know, are they good coaches? Are they good business owners? Um, and, and we recognize, right, a lot of times they might not be uh financially in a position to be able to do that otherwise and that's where we can really step in and bridge the gap effectively between um, their passion and desire and their bank account hmm. interesting okay i didn't know that existed so that's fascinating huh um awesome well clay gosh we have gone along so many different paths and twists and turns anything else to add about financing or Anything you think affiliates could really benefit from knowing from your vast knowledge within that head of yours? Oh, well, I would say I'm, I'm, I'm rarely court and, and, and oftentimes can be long-winded in these. So I, I'd say the, the people probably got the majority of, uh, of, of what I have to offer. It's, it's one of those situations where having, having you know, talked and worked with so many people, you, you come across so many issues, it can be tough, for, at least for me anyway, to so distill them down into a a couple points. So for anyone that's been listening out there and is like, where is he going with this? I apologize. But, you know, it's it's a it's a business that I love both sides of the coin. Uh, so whenever I get a chance to talk about them, you know, I, it can be tough to stop me. Hey, I thought you were very succinct. And I'm, I, I learned stuff, which is always, you know, important because that's who we're about is me and me learning things. Um, no, but affiliates, I do challenge you. If you're looking into things like this, continue to educate yourselves. Listen to this podcast. If you've gotten to this point, great job. Um, I know Clay said reach out to him, ask questions. Uh, we gave you some great feeder material uh, to jump off with. So, Clay, thank you so much for joining us today. Let me pick your brain about finance. Um and be highly entertained while doing it, must I say. So that was excellent. Uh, but yeah, seriously, great to have you on the show. Super appreciate you being with us today. Well, thank you, Heather. It's been awesome to be here. Very much appreciate you having me on. And then certainly appreciate, you know, Box Pro, right, um, as an organization and all you guys do for the community and, and the knowledge that you guys help spread out there. So, so thanks to you as well. Well, thank you. We try our darndest, so. You do well. You do well. <laughs>